Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We've come to Joshua chapter 9, and continuing on in the conquest of the land of Canaan, we've already seen the crossing of the people of Israel over the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, the conquest of the city of Jericho, the setback with the sin of Achan at Ai, and then the subsequent conquest of Ai that we saw in Joshua chapter 8 and the circumstances surrounding that. Now we've come to Joshua chapter 9. It seems like in, in these chapters we have sort of one step forward, maybe one or two steps backward uh, in chapter 7. And here again in chapter 9, things are going well, but all of a sudden with the events that we're about to read, things don't go entirely as planned. And so we're going to read today Joshua chapter 9, and we'll read verses 1 through 15. Now it came about when all the kings who were beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland and on all the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite and the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard of it, that they gathered themselves together with one accord to fight with Joshua and with Israel. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, They also acted craftily and set out as envoys and took worn-out sacks on their donkeys and wineskins worn out and torn and mended and worn out and torn and mended uh, patched sandals on their feet and worn-out clothes on themselves and all the bread of their provisions was dry and had become crumbled. And they went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal, and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. And the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you are living within our land. How then shall we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. Then Joshua said to them, Who are you? Where do you come from? And they said to him, Your servants have come from a very far country because of the fame of the Lord your God, for we have heard the report of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who was at Eshtarot. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions in your hand for the journey, and go to meet them, and say to them, We are your servants. Now then, make a covenant with us. This our bread was warm when we took it for our provisions out of our houses on the day that we left to come to you. But now, behold, it is dry and has become crumbled. And these wineskins, which were filled, were new, and behold, they are torn. And these are clothes, and our sandals are worn out because of the very long journey. So the men of Israel took some of their provisions and did not ask for the counsel of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live, and the leaders of the congregation swore an oath to them. Father, we ask that you would bless 
our reading of your word together, our study of it. Help us to understand what it says and how it applies to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've seen in Joshua chapter 8 the conquest of the city of Ai. And as a result of the conquest of Ai, in verse 1 of chapter 9, we find out that all of the kings are beyond the Jordan in the hill country and the lowland toward the great sea, toward Lebanon in the north. And then he names these people groups, the Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite, Perizzite, Hivite, Jebusite, all of these people throughout the land of Canaan have heard about the crossing of the, the Jordan River. They've heard about the conquest of Jericho, and now they've heard about the conquest of Ai. And the result in verse 2 is that they gather together with one accord to fight with Joshua and with all Israel. So everybody's coming together now against the people of Israel. They're unifying, viewing Israel as a real threat to them. In fact, we will see in just a few moments the Gibeonites uh, come to the people of Israel because of the reputation that they had heard about Israel. So what happens in verses 3 and following is that the people of Gibeon claim that they are coming from a far and distant country. Now, when you look at the cities of Gibeon that are listed at the beginning of chapter 10, we'll see there are several uh, cities there uh, that are given. Uh, but those cities are actually right next door to where Israel has set up camp. They've camped at Gilgal. They've conquered Jericho. They've moved into the hill country somewhat in conquering Ai. And then they make their way north uh, several more miles, 10, 15 miles up to uh, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And at the end of chapter 8, we saw the covenant ceremony that took place there, the building of the altar and the writing of the law and the reading of the law to the entire group of, of Israel at those mountains. Gibeon is literally the next location to the west. The cities of Gibeon uh, would be of the Gibeonites would be the very next cities that Israel would encounter if they would continue to push west. And so what they're doing now is they are willfully deceiving the people of Israel into thinking that they have come from far, far away. They go out of their way to take worn-out clothing, worn-out wineskins. They take old and crusty bread. They, they go all out to make it look like they have come from far, far away. At first, the people of Israel are, are not fooled. In verse 6, it says, They went to Joshua, to the camp at Gilgal. They said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a, a covenant with us. Now, this should have sent up some red flags for the people of Israel based on a couple of passages during the time of the Exodus and the wilderness wanderings, the Lord had particularly warned the people of Israel not to make a covenant with the people that they were going to conquer and not to join together with them. Just a couple of passages that give us some insight into this. First of all, Exodus 23, Exodus 23 verses 30 and following 
The Lord says, I will drive them out before you little by little until you become fruitful and take possession of the land. And I will fix your boundary from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the river Euphrates. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and will drive them out before you. And verse 32 is very important here. You shall make no covenant with them or with their gods. They shall not live in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely become a snare to you. One other passage that is important to us is Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy 7 essentially says the same thing, starting in verse 1. When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land where you are entering to possess it, you shall clear away many nations before you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. And when the Lord your God shall deliver them before you, and you shall defeat them, then you shall utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them and show no favor to them. Furthermore, you shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will quickly destroy you. But thus you shall do to them, you shall tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, hew down their asherim, and burn their graven images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. So the Lord very clearly said to the people of Israel, don't compromise with the Canaanites whose land you're coming in to possess. Don't make any covenant with them. Don't, don't intermarry with them. Don't intermingle with them. Keep yourself separate. And the reason that he gives is he, he does not want the people of Israel to be corrupted by the sin of the Canaanites. What's very tragic about this is not only because of what Gibeon will do here in chapter 9, but further what will take place in at the end of the conquest and into the period of the judges, exactly what the Lord prophesies will come to pass. The people of Israel do compromise with the people of Canaan. They do not, although here at the time of the conquest, they are going to uh, wipe them out. Uh, as they go in to settle the individual cities, Canaanites will return and uh, some cities were never completely taken. And so they will uh, compromise the different tribes of Israel. They will intermarry, they will intermingle. And uh, because of that, sin will come into the people of Israel and they'll be led into worship of idols. So all of that begins here really with this uh, seemingly innocent uh, uh, question that the Gibeonites posed to them, will you take us in? We want to uh, have a covenant with you. Uh, therefore, now make a covenant with us. Verse 7, And the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you're living within our land. How then shall we make a covenant with you? 
So the people of Israel are not completely clueless here. They don't know the land of Canaan perfectly well. They say to, well, maybe you're actually Canaanites. Maybe you're actually living in this land. How could we make a covenant with you? The Lord has told us not to do this. What the people of Gibeon then do is, first of all, to say in verse 8, we are your servants. So they take a very humble position before Israel. Uh, Joshua asks them, who are you? Where do you come from? And they say to him, your servants have come from a very far country because of the fame of the Lord your God. For we have heard the report of him and all that he did. And here we have again, just like Rahab and what she had heard, the people of Gibeon say what he did in Egypt, all that he did to the two kings beyond the Jordan. And uh, all of these events that took place that show the power of Israel. So they're not talking about, I think this is somewhat brilliant on the part of the Gibeonites here. They don't talk about the crossing of the Jordan River. They don't talk about the conquest of Jericho. They don't talk about the conquest of Ai. Why not? I think if they had talked about those things, it might be a giveaway to Joshua and the people of Israel. Hey, they've got to be really close if they've heard about those things, because those things just took place. Word about those events is going to travel, but at a much slower rate, whereas the crossing of the Red Sea out of Egypt had been 40 years prior. Word of that had spread far and wide. Even the conquest of Sihon and Og in the Transjordan had been some time ago. And so I think the people of Gibeon intentionally do not talk about what has happened recently as a way of playing possum, as a way of, of presenting themselves as if they uh, are really from far away. And then, of course, they show them evidence that uh, they have come from far away, worn out wineskins, clothing, provisions. And so all of this serves to uh, give evidence to Joshua and the people of Israel. But verse 14 is really the condemnation on Joshua and Israel here. So the men of Israel took some of their provisions and did not ask for the counsel of the Lord. Now, in the Christian life, uh, it is very important for us to uh, go to the Lord and ask for his direction. Keep in mind, our plans need to conform to his will and his desire. And we're going to see that that's what Israel will encounter here going forward. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.